Welcome to Paint Ed. PCA provides painting contractors with connections they need to grow their business. To find out more and to become a member, visit PCAPainted.org. Find more great content like this on PCA Overdrive. A subscription to the platform is included with membership. For all of you non-members out there, sign up for a free trial. PCA Overdrive is available on the App Store and Google Play. This episode is brought to you by Angie, Estimate Rocket, and Paint Supply. Hey everybody, it's Jim Johnson here, your host for Contractor Radio and the head coach at Contractor Coach Pro, where we help contractors get control of their business so they can grow their business and find that personal and financial freedom that they were chasing when they started their business. And today I'm super excited because I'm getting to talk to somebody that's been in this as long as I have. And uh, he's got a lot of great things to share with you about his contracting experience and some of the things he's really passionate about um, in our industry that might be able to serve you well, especially when it comes to home exteriors and in particular siding and a very particular type of siding that has proven to be very beneficial to his business. I'm excited about uh, the guy that we're bringing on today. He's the owner of Craftsman's Choice, author of the Minnesota Homeowner's Guide to Exterior Siding. His name is Ben Yunker. Ben, welcome aboard to our show today here at Contractor Radio. Thank you. So uh, we got to talk a little bit before we got started here, and I got to realize a couple of things about you, and that was the fact that you are from the same uh, metro area where I actually started, and you started at the same time. So give us a little uh, rundown. What what brought you here? How'd you get to where you are today? And uh, catch us up to speed on this whole book thing. Why, why are we doing that? Yeah, so uh, my story is pretty similar to most of those that are in the home improvement uh, industry. Uh, <clears throat> you, uh, out of high school, make some uh, poor choices and end up uh, with a hammer in your hand. In my case, it was uh, a nail gun and realized pretty quickly that I didn't want to be roofing houses for uh, for my entire, entire life. So got hooked up with the siding crew. Uh, that was a little bit, little bit easier, a little bit more fun. And then uh, progressed into uh, starting our own business just because we we felt like there were things, gaps in what the contractor that we were working for the, in their business that it, it, to us, it didn't look that hard to be better than what he was doing. And so, you know, if we could be just better than he was doing, then, you know, maybe we could, uh, we could make it. And neither one of us had uh, families at the time. So we were, you know, we're like, whatever, let's do it. Let's, let's, let's start our, start our own deal. That's awesome. So there's usually two routes to getting into this business. It seems like there's a third, but it's pretty rare. It's either somebody that's actually swinging a hammer and doing that, you know, the actual production side of the work or somebody that's self, you know, they're a good salesperson and they decide pretty much for the same reasons though, that they can do it a little bit better than everybody else. It's actually one of our coaching concepts. You gotta be 1% better uh, than everybody else out there and you're gonna do pretty well in this industry. So one of the things that was really interesting as I was introduced to you and started learning more about you is you wrote a book, but it wasn't like a book that's really a like national bestseller type vibe to it. It's got a very specific name to it, Minnesota Homeowner's Guide to Exterior Siding. I was like, 
how, what did you sell? Like three copies? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Seven, it, it was, actually. No. It was very specific <laughs> for a reason. So, so why, why, why that strategy or that tactic? Yeah. So, so what? Those of us that are in the business, we get insulated. We talk about home improvements every day. We talk about siding and windows and doors, uh, and roofing. But for most homeowners, unless you live in a storm zone, you're, you're going to do a project like this maybe once in your life. And so we wanted to give uh, our homeowners like what to expect, how to go about analyzing the different materials, how to go about analyzing the contractor, what is the process that you should should look at uh, when you're talking to, to companies. And so, you know, it's built around uh, SEO work and, and making sure Google is happy. But, you know, people are starving for that um, uh, that information because they're intimidated by the process. You know, you walk down the ho- uh, aisle at a home show and, you know, people are trying to get you to sign up and uh, had a homeowner use the term predatory. They, they were, they were, they actually put a project off for a year because they didn't think they were ready, you know, to jump into the snake pit. Um, so trying to ease people into that and kind of, you know, turn the, the, the attitude of homeowners into being more prepared. If they're more prepared, then, you know, it's, it's not as scary as, as it would be. Yeah. It's actually, you know, I, I, I'm fortunate and grateful for the opportunity to get to speak quite a bit in this industry at different events and things like that. And uh, one of the things I, I tend to ask the crowd is what do you think consumers think of contractors? Like if they think of a contractor, what's the first things that come to mind? Man, uh, there's been some pretty strong answers. Garbage mm-hmm. man, ditch digger, used car sales guy. <laughs> and, and it's really the whole idea behind Contractor Coach Pro is to change this perspective that the consumer has about us as contractors and that we can actually be professional and doing it right, being professional can pay off, uh, not just in the short term, but in the long term as well. Have you found the same to be true for you guys? Yeah, definitely. And, and you know, sometimes the professionalism isn't isn't because the lack of professionalism isn't because you don't care it's that your time isn't allocated properly or you don't have you know the right people in the right spots you know those of us that came from the uh construction side where we were swinging a hammer you know we didn't take a business uh administration class in you know in college some of the some of those those things that might simple seem simple to um you know, the, the, the regular professional world, we had to learn the hard way, you know? And so having those things set up a more professional business creates that customer experience that if you have a way to repeat that time after time, after time, and a way to track it, then that helps in the overall customer experience and your level of professionalism. And the less time you spend trying to talk your way out of a, 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 a hectic conversation or, or bad experience with a homeowner, which can, are just time eaters. <clears throat> yeah. I, I can't agree more with that one. Um, so I find it interesting. You said for the guys swinging a hammer, you know, no like real formal business education, just so you know, us guys on the other side that come from the sales, same thing. It's, yep. it's, we're kind of good at one piece of it. There's so many other pieces that come into play and we end up having to kind of learn, you know, by fire, you hear school of hard knocks, uh, this two steps forward, one step back. What were some of the biggest hurdles for you as you moved from being a subcontractor and into contracting and having your own business? What, what were the biggest, you know, things that got in the way of you 
uh, being successful right from the beginning? So I think uh, one of the first things was our age. I, I was 19 and my business partner was 20. And, you know, going into a house asking for a, you know, $25,000 down payment, even though they thought that, you know, you could probably do the work, you know, you got two years in business, you know, that kind of thing. That was, that was tough. Um, but then People also, with kids older than you, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and then another thing was, you know, not having a repeatable process that was outlined and trackable. And as we started to grow, we kind of hit a, a ceiling, you know, around three and a half to 5 million where, uh, we needed that, that repeatable process. So we were able to develop that and, and implement some CNR CRMs that helped us track that. Um, and then that allowed us to scale with, you know, using technology to, to help us scale without adding a ton of people, um, at that time. So that, that repeatable process is huge. Like, what do you want to have happen on every single job? Just write it down, you know, talk to your team. What do you want to have happen on every single job? And then find a way to, to make that happen and, and track it. Yeah. And it's funny that you said about three and a half million. That's, that's exactly where we see it. Um, there's yeah. two things that start to really get in the way at that number, which is repeatable process and communication. This idea that I'm, I'm now hiring people that may not be my friends and family type of thing. Mm -hmm. I'm hiring somebody I may not know. And our level of communication has changed quite a bit uh, because they don't think like we think they're not around us every day or it's not like in tune quite as well as you like. Did you find any of that like on the communication side? I know the process kind of helps with that, but did you find anything as far as like communicating as a leader uh, where there were some struggles? We did. We did. Uh, you know, fortunately for us, we, we had the right guy as a project manager and he's still, he's my general manager now, but he was our roofer and we hired him on as project manager and he, he was just amazing. So that, I mean, he was Superman for those, those years, you know, there was, I, I, I don't know how he did it. Um, when we were out selling and, and running the business and he's managing all these projects. Uh, but we were, we were blessed to have, have Chris in that position. Cause he just, he was a Superman, but you know, then we realized if we want to go any further, we need a, another project manager. And when we started to branch out, there's where some of the, 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 the um, communications kind of dropped off a little bit and we had to figure out, you know, how to, you think that people would just know, <laughs> let, the, let the customer know when the dumpster is going to be there. But, you know, unless you specifically say it like, well, of course the dumpster is going to be there. We're doing a siding project. Yeah. It's, but it's their home. They need to know, just give them a call. Say the dumpster is going to be there Tuesday. Right. Like uh, all those fun little things. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it sounds like there's two of you that are in the ownership capacity and then you have a general manager that you guys have all kind of been together from the beginning. Yeah. So my business partner, uh, Matt and I started the business and then, uh, in 2014, uh, he wanted a break. And so he moved out to Montana. I bought him out. Uh, he went out there for a few years and then actually he came back and uh, he's one of our sales guys now. So, so I'm the sole owner. And then we've got a general manager, Chris, uh, that is just, he's the man. He, he handles the production side. So what were some of the skills that like, especially early on, you know, you were back, go put yourself back as that young guy, you know, 19, 20 years that what were some of the skills that were the tipping point for you actually being uh, successful? Cause you have all kinds of hurdles and obstacles and, you know, not this formal education. What were some of the skills that 
allowed you to be successful? I, I think perseverance. Uh, I mean, we like Tom Petty's won't back down. That was like our theme song. You know, we, we just knew it was going to work and uh, you know, anything that came in our way, we just, we just worked through it and uh, you know, working outside to, in 30 below trying to get a siding job done so we could get paid and, you know, so we could pay rent, you know, that kind of thing. We just kept at it cause we knew it was gonna, it was gonna work. And the other thing was, was staying busy with something, even when we didn't have a job one, uh, one winter, we cut up siding samples and, you know, and, and, uh, stuck stickers on there with our, with our name and address and, and website just to stay busy with something, you know, always doing something on the business, even if it wasn't, you know, installing or running sales appointments. So I've heard you mention siding a couple of times. It seems like that's that's the area that you focus on in your business. It is. Most of our, our marketing efforts are around uh, siding and then <clears throat> especially specifically the James Hardy siding. We signed up with them in the year 2000 uh, on their preferred remodeler program. Uh, at that time, there was us and two other companies on there and we subcontracted for the other two companies. So no matter who you chose, Matt and I were the ones that showed up to put your siding on the wall. <laughs> it was a little awkward uh, a couple of times, but, um, you know, really yeah, you, focused. You tried to sell them, didn't get them, and then you're out yeah, there. The exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was a lot of fun. But, it, you know, at that time it was, it was $750 to sign up on their program. So that was, that was a big deal to us. You know, we, we weren't making a ton of, ton of money at that time. And, and we took the jump and, and it's, it's proven to be a, a, a pretty wise choice, but really rolled with the, the James Hardy siding and we get residual business windows and, and roofing that comes off of that. Now, was that something that you guys were really intentional about? And you're like, okay, so we're going to, we're going to go all in on this James Hardy thing. We think it's the cat's meow, the best thing that there is out there. What, what was the strategy behind it? Or was it just, Hey, that's what we're going to do. So being in the business around that time, you know, it was, it was vinyl siding and vinyl windows. That's, that's what everybody was selling. And it came to a point where it was, it was almost a commodity and we were all selling the same plastic siding who had the, the lowest cost. <clears throat> and so, uh, we had a contractor that had sold a job, you know, typical deal. He sells the job, has nobody to install it, doesn't know what it is. And, you know, we're out there with the in installation and manual and trying to figure out how to cut this stuff. But we realized on that job, this is this is probably where, you know, siding is going. And so that's when we reached out to James Hardy and really just ran with it and decided this was going to be our differentiator to, to set us apart from everybody else selling uh, selling plastic. I wonder if that was one of my sales guys. <laughs> like, there's a part of me where I'm going, I wonder if Ben uh, ever did any work for us. Uh, that's the pot because. I didn't know everybody that worked for us. We got to be a pretty decent size uh, sure. at that time. And uh, so maybe we can talk about that. Uh, yeah. That's uh, that's kind of wild. Uh, we had some amazing people doing work for us. And and that's the part about this that I think we lose sight of sometimes as owners. And I don't think you ever would because you've been there. But the guys, you know, banging the nails and doing the work. And you mentioned 30 below. There's a reason I don't live in Minnesota anymore. Yeah. It's like, it's just too cold. Like I remember looking at my wife and going, Hey honey, I love you. And I get that you want to be around your family in Western Wisconsin and all that good stuff. But uh, it is 44 degrees below zero outside right now. Snow is up over my head. I'm done with this as a Texas boy. Right. And uh, so uh, we, we moved uh, back here to Texas. 
But yeah, uh, to, to your point about the the subcontractors or the guys that, that are actually doing the work, I, you know, it's it, since I started there, that's been something that's been in, important to us. We kind of preach the three-legged stool, right? The customer's got to win, the company's got to win, and, and our installers have to win. And we have we have installers that have been with us 20 years. They're, they're as close to employees as the insurance company and the government will let us uh, let us get. Um, but, you know, it's it's really fairly simple. You pay them well, make sure they get paid on time. Uh, we have a, a five day rule. So if the they submit a bill uh, in five days, they're going to have a check. It, so at, at five days, it hits my desk and I review it. If the sales guy and the project manager hasn't had time to review it, it hits my desk, I review it and we get a check out to them. And it's been- You think, you think a lot of that comes from your time as a subcontractor, like remembering that? For sure. You know, some some companies only cut checks twice a month. Yeah. You know, and so I understand that from the office perspective, that makes total sense. But, you know, if you just finish that job and you've got to wait another two weeks, you know, it's it's uh, it's kind of a different yeah, that, game. You know, that was part of our strategy, too. Like we paid once a week. Guarantee that all checks yep. went out on Fridays. Anything you had turned in by Wednesday, you were getting paid on Friday. Yeah. And uh, that allowed us to retain better crews, even though we might be paying the same or even maybe a little bit less than somebody else knowing that consistently we were going to get our money and wasn't going to get hold, hold, held up in any way uh, was uh, it was a differentiator. And, and I kind of noticed that about you guys. Like that's that's what it seems like you're about is differentiating. You mentioned yep. the, the term commodity. I think a lot of us in this industry uh, can be perceived that way. Like I sell a roof. That guy sells a roof. We both sell this brand of roofing. How do we make ourselves different? Is that why you really chose the James Hardy thing is to, to be that differentiating factor? It, it it was, but, you know, a close second was we believe that it was the right product for Minnesota. You know, we have a harsh climate up here. And so as you, as we get into it and, you know, my guys go in, they really believe that's the best choice for this Minnesota homeowner. And so that, that shows shows forward when you're uh, when you're selling a product that you really this is I'm not just recommending this because I make the best margin on it or you know I'm getting a trip paid for by the manufacturer this is uh, those are bonuses right like right. <laughs> but, but uh, you know it, it people can people can sense when uh, you know unless unless you've uh, you, you're you're super good at at hiding that people can sense when you know you're filling feeding them full uh, full of bull. Yeah, I wish uh, that would have been fun to have you at our, we just finished this sales conference in Philadelphia. We had 150 sales guys there uh, going through this uh, sales process that we teach on. And uh, it's actually a concept we talk about is being genuine, authentic, a problem solver, this solution selling methodology. And I'm a strong believer that homeowners know. They know if you're full of it or not. Uh, well, and they have access to more information than they've ever had. So, you know, that you better be studied up when you go into a house because they are. And, you know, it, it's not it's less educating a, a homeowner on uh, on product and, you know, and that and and talking about your process and 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 your company. Yeah. It, it, and that is the the ideas. How do we solve a problem for them? You know, they they. they they wouldn't have us out there in the first place if they didn't have a problem. Do we have something that solves the problem for them? If we do, which version of that is the best one for them? And really being there to to serve them, 
uh, instead of the other way around. It tends to be this like sales thing, like here to close deals and stuff like yeah. that, which, yes, that's absolutely part of it. We want to close jobs, but if we can't do it in a way that's uh, serving uh, the, the, the buyer, we end up in this situation of running around all the time with our, you know, like our head on a swivel, wondering if one of our customers is in the grocery store as us. Right. Uh, and, and so I, I want to go back to the book for a second. Like you named it Minnesota's Homeowner's Guide to Exterior Siding. So, and, the, and you mentioned SEO, right? Like Minnesota. So somebody in Minnesota is looking for siding and education. Have you found it to work? Like are, are people downloading it? Are people uh, reading it? What, have you had anybody talk about it whenever you come into a house? Yeah. So we, uh, on our website, when you sign up for, uh, an estimate, you get the, you get the downloaded, uh, downloaded copy. We also use it as a tool at the, uh, home shows. We have a, uh, a state fair display a booth at the state fair, which being from Minnesota, you probably know how big and in Roseville, you probably it's going know. On right now. Yeah, it is. I, I just came from there today. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. It's, they run 2 million people through there every year. It's, it's, it is, the, a, it is a wild state. I've been to a lot of different state fairs. That one is intense. You got everything's fried. I mean, yep. it doesn't matter what it is. Everything is fried. Now, let, let's talk about that a little bit because a lot of contractors don't do those type of things like state fairs and home shows and stuff like that. Do you find them to be successful? We do. We uh, So we do three shows a year. One's the U.S. Bank show. One's the, uh, the big Minnesota uh, home and garden show. And then the state fair. The state fair... It's just ridiculous. The return is just amazing. It you get two million people through there, and there's some legitimacy that you gain by being, you know, the siding guy at the at the fair. People, and, and I don't mind. You know, a lot of people want to catch people at the at the bottom <clears throat> of the funnel when they're ready to buy. I don't mind planting that seed early in the process. Like they come, yeah, we're a few years out. Well, here's some information, and they'll come back come back year after year to our fair to display. So you know, when they do finally go to the website and sign up for an estimate, they're like, yeah, we've stopped you guys. We, we know who you guys are. We are building that relationship already. So that's kind of what our, some of our, um, our SEO work is about too, is, is catching people early in that process around some of the different design aspects and, you know, nurturing them over time and just everywhere they turn, they see our logo and finally, all right, we, sh we should probably have these guys out. Now, do you handle the whole Minneapolis, St. Paul area or is it, are you kind of focused in a particular part of town? Yeah, we do. We about 30 miles, uh, 30 miles around Minneapolis and St. Paul. And then we, we opened up a St. Cloud, um, which is just kind of Northwest. Uh, we opened up a branch up there, uh, two years ago. Yeah. My wife would be happy to hear that as a, where she went to college was saying, okay. Cloud. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've been there a couple of times. I'm like, yeah, that's in the middle of nowhere. It is. It, <laughs> it's kind of growing a little bit. And so it's, uh, it, it's been pretty good. It's kind of a, we can run, we can run it out of our, our main office in, uh, in St. Michael. And so it's kind of a nice little, little filler there for us. Let's talk about that for a second. Um, so successful craftsman's choice, the handling Minneapolis, St. Paul, you must've had enough of people reaching out from that St. Cloud, like St. Cloud's what, about an hour, hour and a half away, something like that. It is. It's about 45 minutes from our office in St. Michael. So we're kind of the Northwest suburb <clears throat> there for just our office. And our office is just kind of a hub. You know, I've got our, our guys don't come in there very, very much. They don't need to, we've, you know, they can access everything they need off our cloud-based system. Uh, but we did have some interest, but, 
we wanted to Marvin has a, a limited line of windows, the infinity line and, and they, you know, we were trying to get in with them and said, well, what about St. Cloud? Like, oh, geez, well, let me look at it. <laughs> so we, you know, finding the right person, you know, a general manager up there, that's the key to the whole deal. So if I don't have somebody I can trust and I know I can turn the keys over to, it's not worth, it's not worth it. And, and we ended up finding that guy. He was a, a guy that had worked for us uh, in the cities and kind of lives in that North Metro. And he said, yeah, I'd rather drive 40 minutes in traffic than an hour and a half and not in traffic. Uh, and so he runs that, that operation for us. So that's always a challenge for somebody, you know, they've grown mm-hmm. their business uh, pretty good at that point. By the time they open up the second office, things seem to be running pretty smoothly in most cases. And we go, all right, next thing, expand. And you had some good reasons. Uh, I, I'm familiar with Marvin and how their dealers work and those type of things. And so you saw a bit of an opportunity there. What were, like, minus the general manager aspect, somebody to run it, what were some of the biggest struggles that you didn't really think about or realize until you actually opened that other office? So so marketing windows is a lot different than marketing siding. Siding, you know, you can sell the design and the color and people get excited about it. Roofing and windows, it's like, oh, I got to do windows. You know, they're not going to get the return really on windows. It's you're fixing a, you know, a problem. Um, and so, and it's it's much more competitive, at least, you know, what than what we're used to with, you know, James Hardy. There, there's, there's not a lot of people focused on James Hardy and uh, we have the background, you know, to kind of overcome some of that, some of that. But you know, marketing the windows, it, it's tough. It's, it's been, you know, we've, we've, uh, we've swung and missed on a few up there, but, um, you know, it's, 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 it's going pretty good right now. Good. Good. Yep. Yeah. I can remember, you know, we actually ended up with 10 locations, uh, when it was all said and done. And I thought, man, I'm just going to go over and over and do the same thing. It's not the mm-hmm. same. Anyway. No. Uh, I and mean, your competitor, your, your competitive products are different. So, you know, up there, there's a lot of steel siding and, um, you know, we're used to going against vinyl and, and LP down here in the cities, but steel, you know, it's a lot, well, it's, it's good on my pole barn. It's good enough for my house. <laughs> and you have a different market there too. You know, Minneapolis and St. Paul, a little bit more urban, um, you know, that type of feel to it. But St. Cloud, I would say is a little bit more rural. Do, do you see a difference in the clientele at all? Yeah, for sure. Yep. Yeah, that that's, tends to be one of those things like as people assess, hey, I'm going to go open a new location. Well, what are you assessing about it? market demographics? Does anything change? Uh, those are all, all big hurdles. So um, what is it about James Hardy in particular that makes it the, the choice for Minnesota contractors? And, and would it be the choice in other places? Well, I, I think... I think it is the choice in other places. You know, I'm not <clears throat> too familiar with other markets and what those uh, those products are. But with the extreme heat and cold that we here have here in Minnesota and temperature swings, you know, we need something that's dimensionally stable. It's not going to expand and contract. And uh, wood siding, uh, LP, vinyl siding, they all uh, expand and contract quite a bit. But also, you know, when it comes storm time, uh, you know, it's impact resistant. So you're not going to get the uh, the, the hail damage you do to vinyl siding. And if the insurance company fights you and only does one wall, you got, you know, different 
color sides on the different uh, on your on your house, but also the the process in which they finish the the board. You know, they they finish it in their factory, heat the board up to whatever temperature X is for maximum paint adherence, put that on, and then you've got that warranty held by one manufacturer. So you've got your paint, your finish, and then your your house wrap all from one manufacturer. So they're not pointing fingers at each other, uh, trying to trying to slough off a warranty claim. Yeah, I might have had one or two of those along yeah, yeah. the road yeah. down there. That's yeah, that's a frustrating thing. So, I noticed like, as you were talking about your company and especially your people, it seems like they've been there for a while. Is that a fair assessment? It is. Yeah, uh, our first employees still uh, still with us. Uh, Ryan's been with us twenty one years. Chris has been with us eighteen years. Our crews, you know, twenty fifteen years. Uh, uh, so we, we, it's really a family, um, atmosphere. We, we go to do a trip to Mexico every other year with the, the guys and their spouses. Um, you know, we've got a golf tournament we all do together where we bring in vendors, we bring in, uh, all our subcontractors for mo- a lot of our guys. It's the only time they play golf the entire year. Um, <laughs> but you know, it's just a time to, to get together and, and get everybody, um, in, in the same spot. Yeah, this past Sunday looked like the only time I played golf all year. Well, it looked that way. That's um, golf. What's uh, what drives that? I mean, because you hear today, and this is one of the biggest complaints that we deal with with uh, contractors that are coming to us for coaching, is there's a lack of loyalty. People don't work hard. Um, all of those things. What would you say is making your company a bit different about that? So with our subcontractors, you know, we talked about paying on time and, and paying, uh, paying well, but the other piece of that is being organized enough so that they can load up their equipment and drive straight to the next job and unload it. You know, I feel that's on us, um, being organized enough that they don't have to leave to go get the, uh, get materials. Uh, and that's something that you need to have a system in place for, uh, because it doesn't, you know, there becomes a time where you can't pay enough for those days off. If they're not able to work because that job's not ready and they're waiting two days or they have to pull off because the right materials weren't there or they're back ordered, you know, that's, it doesn't matter how much you're paying a square. They're not putting any squares on during that time. And so, so that on the employee side, you know, a lot of our employees are our former subcontractors, our project manager, former subcontractors that, you know, it's time to hang up the tool belt. And so we find a, a spot for them inside. And so they've got that long-term relationship with the business. They, they know how we operate. They trust us uh, that, you know, that they're going to, yeah, cause really when an employee comes to you, they're putting their livelihood in your hands. And, you know, if you look at it like that, um, that's a, that's a big responsibility that you have as a, as an owner and, uh, as somebody who's, uh, in a management position that, you know, you've got a lot of lives that are dependent on you to, to, to make it. I think that's one of the, the things that we don't consider when we go into business is that feel that happens. There, there's a feel that happens whenever you have people working for you. And you're saying that you're you're knowledgeable of all things. You know what money's coming in, what jobs are being sold, overhead that's going out. You know when it's tight and when it's not tight and all that other stuff. And when it's tight and you're you're thinking, hey, am I going to be able to pay everybody this week? That responsibility mm-hmm. is huge. Um, 
I want to come back and talk with you a little bit about that. I gotta, I gotta keep the lights on around here. We we uh, we put in a sponsor in the middle, but can you hang on for just a few minutes? Yeah, no problem. And, and I'd like to come back and talk to you about, you know, maybe what's in you that's driving some of that stuff. Sure. Seems like there's something more there. So we'll come back and talk about that in just one second after we hear from Atlas. Now that you know and believe in how it's made, it's time to become an Atlas Pro Plus contractor. With Atlas, you get the selling power of Atlas shingles featuring Scotchgard, the brains of a top team of engineers creating quality shingles, and the time and money savings of HP42. Sign up for a free Atlas Pro account. You'll get free digital tools, have access to financing, be able to request samples, shop the Pro Store, and more. Start installing entire Atlas systems to earn more Atlas bucks and provide your customers with even better warranties. The Atlas system includes Atlas roof shingles, Weathermaster ice and water underlayment, Atlas synthetic or felt underlayment, Pro Cut starter shingles, and Atlas hip and ridge shingles. Once you have a pro account and begin installing systems or shingles featuring Scotchgard Protector, you can go to silver, gold, and platinum levels, getting even more benefits and rewards with each level. It only takes 15 Scotchgard systems or 1500 squares to become silver status. Just remember to register those homeowners warranties. Build your business, get more benefits, and earn more bucks. Plus, close more jobs using Atlas Shingles featuring Scotchgard. Our shingles are designed and tested beyond industry standards in our R&D facility. Schedule sales training, shop our resources online, order marketing materials, and more today. Begin your Atlas Pro Legacy now or contact your local sales rep to learn about new programs available for trying Atlas. One of the themes of our conversation today has been differentiating yourself and, and making what you do different, not a commodity. It's one of the reasons why we love having Atlas as a sponsor because they do have some things that make them a little bit different with the Scotchgard and SBS and uh, these things that I can use as a contractor to separate myself from other folks out there. Uh, ben, first off, first bit of the show has been amazing. It's been really cool getting to know you and kind of uh, listen about your company, how you came from being a subcontractor, uh, then deciding as a young guy, like 19 years old, we're going to start the contracting <laughs> business. And uh, to see the success that you've had, see some of the marketing tactics that you do. But I, I, I noticed like this undertone a little bit of um, being very, um, intentional about what you do. Do you have any kind of sense of what's driving things that way? Are you just naturally wired that way? Is it something that uh, uh, is a skill that you've practiced? You've gotten some coaching or something? Is it what, what's going on there? Well, I would I would say that a lot of it comes from uh, my my upper upbringing. You know, I used to. I used to kind of make fun of my dad because, you know, he'd come home and, you know, he'd be working on his computer. And now my wife will actually call down and, and say, hey, Sam, it's time for dinner, you know, because because that's what my dad used to do. But that staying busy, I mean, I, I I needed to stay busy when I was a kid or I'd get in trouble. And, you know, I, I was able to kind of focus that 
with with the business on things that were we're moving forward and just not being uh, complacent and 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 moving forward. And then, you know, in two thousand one, when my son was was born, you know, that was that was a, a, a pivotal time in in my life. And you know, my wife and I uh, decided to. Uh, to, to, to come back to a church that we had been, um, away from for a little bit. And, and, you know, that partnering of, uh, of God and family, uh, really has, has been our, our, our guide over the last 20 years. That's super interesting. Um, I have a similar story, probably a much worse situation, but, uh, I, I was away from, uh, my faith the way I should be for a very long time. I was very focused on work, business, uh, you know, building this big, huge thing. And, and was, to be honest with you, a lot of ego aspect of it and that type of thing. Um, and, and there was just a moment where I still, I wasn't feeling it, right? Like yeah. I had accomplished all these things that everybody else from the outside would go, man, that was amazing. You got this beautiful house and amazing family and a beautiful property and a big business and all this stuff. And I still was like something was missing. Um, did you have anything like that whenever this was going on? Or was it like, hey, we, we now brought this child into the world and uh, we, we want to have that child raised in this type of environment? Yeah, we were. I was at the opposite end of the uh, income spectrum there. We were dead broke, you know, but but we were happy, you know, we uh, um but really, when my son was born, it, you know, I realized that this, you know, this is something that I've been entrusted with, and um, we need to make some changes in our life and lives. And you know, we bought a you know, old rundown house for like ninety two thousand dollars. We couldn't even move out, move in. It was just it, the renters had destroyed it. But it had a big barn and two and a half acres, and we were happy as could be. And um, so, you know, we started, uh, you know, doing the things that we probably knew we should have been doing all along, and. Um, you know, we've been blessed since then. It's one of the things we struggle with in, in business is, hey, business is over here and spiritual life is over there. And we kind of separate the two, like spiritual life. Hey, that's Sunday. But Monday through Friday, I've got this one. Do you, do you find yourself connecting the two? And if you do, um, how has that played in your business? A, a little bit. It, you know, as a business owner, it, it's tough to you know, share too much with your religion because you don't want, you know, your guys to, um, you know, to feel pressure or, or that kind of thing. But, you know, I was, I was called as a Bishop for the the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, uh, in you know, about four and a half years ago. And so we had a, you know, I sat down with the guys and said, look, this is really going to, uh, require a lot of my time. And so I need, I need some help. You know, I'm going to take Wednesdays and that's going to be my day at the church. Um, I'm not going to be as available. And it was great to see everybody pull together and really just like, yeah, of course, you know, this is, this is great. And, and so that's, you know, still Bishop. Um, but it's been great for, uh, you know, for the team and, and our family in particular. Yeah, it's, it's a big part here too. And, and it's one of those things that I think, I think that for a long time there, there was this almost pushing away of that. And in our industry, I don't know how much you've noticed here lately, if you're on Facebook and social media and stuff like that, uh, there's been there's been a bit of an uprising, a bit of a like, it's okay to talk about a God thing. Yeah. And um, it's been a while. 
Like, it's like we will talk about on this podcast and I'll get comments saying, hey, that was cool that you talked about that. I'd like to talk to you more. And uh, see, two and a half years ago, yeah, there was an event called Storm Into the New Era. Happened in Denver. And it wasn't like one of these other events where it's all like, you know, businessy stuff. It was like making your life better. And a lot of great speakers. I, I was fortunate to be able to be one of those speakers. And I got to talk about stuff I don't get to talk about all the time. And I've just gone through like tearing my Achilles and all this mm. bad stuff that had gone yeah. on. And uh, I got to share a little bit about that. And I had so many people come up to me and say, hey, thank you. And um, I had been praying on this concept of starting a fellowship group on Facebook um, for uh, contractors that want to either be with other contractors that are faithful or want to learn more about it. And the thing that was really driving me was that there was different um, denominations. And so usually when you have like small group or something like that, mm -hmm. it's all the same people and all the same denominations. So you all get along pretty well, or at least see things pretty similarly. And this was like, hey, we're gonna do everything under the sun is wide open here and we'll, we'll talk freely and openly. But really and truthfully, if as Christians, we can't get along, who can, right? I, I agree. As as disciples of Jesus Christ, we're we've got a lot more in common than we uh than we don't. And I think too much time is spent on that, you know two or three percent of doctrinal differences than of our our love for for the savior and how we can use that to help people yeah i i try to keep it as simple as possible love god love your neighbor you got those two jesus christ part of your life yep all yeah. right we're good yeah. man everything yeah. else is is up for a disposition whenever uh, that time comes for all of us and it's been great we've been meeting for two and a half years on wednesday mornings at 7 30 and uh, we have one rule. One rule of contractor fellowship is nobody can tell anybody else and they're, they're going to hell. And, uh, <laughs> so that, that allows us to have some pretty free and open conversations. They can get pretty, they can get pretty intense sometimes. But uh, and that was part of it for me. Is like I'm about to out myself as a, as a person of faith and, and that I believe in Christ as my Savior. So now there's going to be a bit of a, a, a microscope on me. Yeah. Like my actions are going to be under that microscope. And, you know, to be honest with you, I'm like anybody else. I make mistakes. I screw up. I still do to this day trying to trying to just uh, uh, be as good of a human as I can. But I'm still human. We still right. make mistakes. One of, my, one of my favorite sayings is, you know, spread the gospel of Jesus Christ and only use words if necessary. Others, yeah. others should be able to 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 see by the way our, we live our lives that you know we're we're trying. Yeah, um, and, and even when we don't, you know, I think I hear that a lot. You know, Christians are hypocrites. They say this, and this is what they're supposed to be, and then they go and do that. And uh, and there's a lot of truth to that. You know, hey, if you are, you should be as as well as you possibly can, but you still make mistakes. Don't give up on it at that point would be my advice that they're uh, human just like anybody else. Um, what keeps you passionate after all this time? I mean, it's been a while. It's been 25 years. Um, what keeps you passionate about what you're doing and why you're doing it? I, I think the people around me and, um, you know, we've got 
you know, I think it was 2015. We were we were the top remodeling company in the com- company in the country for James Hardy. Um, wow. you know, we did the most the 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 most volume as far as resides. <clears throat> but getting to that level again, or you know, what's the next thing? How can I stay? uh, one step ahead of my competition, you know, do we need to redesign the website? Do we need to go on podcasts? You know, whatever, whatever it is to kind of keep moving forward. Um, you know, and, and when I first started doing the podcast thing, you know, it's a little intimidating, like podcast, what, I mean, who wants to hear about a, you know, siding guy in Minnesota. Um, but, you know, kind of taking that, that stretch and, and what, whatever that next thing is that, that I just, I like seeing what's over that next horizon. It's often Matt and I often, uh, uh, compared our business to uh, going on a boundary waters canoe, uh, canoe trip. You know, you're, you get to, uh, you're, you're, you're paddling, you know, you've got a portage portage is hard, but you know that that next lake could be the lake that's just chock full of walleyes and lake trout. And so you go there and if if that isn't it, then you want to see the next lake on the map and, and, you know, what's that next lake on the map that we want to get to, you know, and what kind of slogging are we going to have to go through to get there? Um, you know, that's, uh, that's, that's, what's fun for me. Uh, I think that's what we're going to, we're going to title this podcast. Keep on, keep on paddling. Um, so for those of the listeners out there, they may not know what the boundaries waters are or what we're talking about. But uh, in northern Minnesota, the border of Canada, there's all these lakes that are all kind of chained together. And uh, tons of people will take canoes and go out there and they literally have to portage from one lake to another, pick up the canoe, walk it across with all their gear and everything, get to the next lake. And uh, they're fishing mostly, like Ben said, for walleye and lake trout. Walleye, best tasting freshwater fish I have ever had in my life, and I'm a big trout guy. Uh, so if you haven't had walleye and you ever get up to Minnesota, uh, you should have some. It's uh, one of the things I do miss about being there is having fresh walleye and, and doing some walleye fishing. So so prior to our Mexico trip, the predecessor to that was Boundary or We actually went to Quetico Park, which is like kind of the sister park on the Canada side. But we'd save up our scrap aluminum. Um, and then turn it in and use that to, to go, take the guys, uh, take the guys fishing. And so we've, we've got good memories of bringing everybody up there and introducing them to, you know, to Lake country. Yeah, that, that's a fun time. I've done it a couple of times and it was an absolute blast, uh, you know, hanging out with your friends and, and spend that. I think some of that time is actually maybe the, the more important time than the time we spend doing work. Yeah, uh, it builds bonds that uh, are, are much harder to be broken. So, I want to ask you a question. I've never asked anybody this question before, so I'm gonna, I, that's why I paused there for a second. <laughs> so you you mentioned it. You said so. I started doing this podcast thing, and who wants to hear from this siding guy? Why? Like, I just so everybody knows the reason Ben and I know each other. Somebody reached out to me, and I get this all the time. I mean, I get. Uh, dozens of these every week. Hey, I've got so-and-so. They want to be on your podcast. This is all their cool stuff and and why they'd be a good fit for your podcast and 99% are terrible fits and do not have anything to do with what we do. But uh, Ben came whipping across my screen here and I went, wow, that's cool. You know, 
he's a contractor, he's from Minnesota, he's got something unique with this James Hardy thing and how he creates this unique value prop. I like the book idea. I thought that was really cool. And he's got kind of faith drive. Went, man, this is going to be a really good interview. So I understand why I did it. Why are you doing it? So trying to create uh, buzz on uh, uh, on Google. So Google recognizes that, hey, there's this, this guy that keeps popping up in our searches. This company, Craftsman's Choice, uh, is, you know, everything's pointing to our website. We need everything pointing to our website and the content that's created here. Uh, the more links that are pointing to our website, the more that Google returns uh, our name and the less we have to spend on pay-per-clicks and can just get that organic, uh, that organic search going. Yeah. I, I actually enjoy the organic part way more than the paid part. It's, oh, it's for sure. More. Is there anything else you do? You know, you got podcasts, you got a book. What else do you guys do? Uh, our website is just, it, I mean, it's, it's designed very well, but, but the bones of it are just, it's been designed from an SEO, uh, from an SEO perspective. And a lot of it is geared around, you know, just creating a lot of content. You know, we've got colors, all the James Hardy colors on there, and we've got 300 words about each color and we've got videos and, you know, just making it so that Google loves it. And you know, that stuff, that takes a lot of, takes a lot of work, uh, you know, to, to do the Google reviews, obviously, you know, that's a huge, uh, huge deal getting that, um, getting those going. If you got somebody, one thing that they could do, do a Google review, um, you know, because sometimes it can break down some of those geofences that, that Google has set up to get you outside of your, your normal, more normal range. And, um, you know, a lot of our stuff is, is turning towards this, but, you know, I still like going to the fair and, and, you know, offering people sweet Martha's cookies to sign up for an estimate that, that and all the, all the crazy questions you get out get asked. We, we actually have a woodpecker mascot that we have at our booth, dancing around, taking pictures, uh, picketing outside our booth, woodpecker on strike. Cause we're taking away their cedar siding that they, uh, that they can get through. And now it's, uh, it's James Hardy. So that kind of fun stuff. It's just a low key, low key atmosphere. Yeah. I have a log house up there and, uh, the woodpeckers loved it. Yeah. They thought it was uh, God's gift to the woodpeckers. It's amazing how, how much business that it drives. Really. It's, yeah, it's crazy. It's, pretty wild. Yeah, it's um, one of our search terms. <laughs> is woodpecker really? Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. That's pretty awesome. So, okay. When you first started, I'm assuming website wasn't like your big thing that you were hanging your hat on. When did that all come about and what drove that? So, our first marketing tactic was flyers, rollerblading around with flyers, filling mail mailboxes. My daughter still remembers uh, remembers doing that. Uh, but we had a customer who was, you know, it was it was actually the house that my son was born on. Uh, so it was October of two thousand one, and he was just he was just a geek, and he's a, he designed as part of the deal. He designed our website, got the domain. So we've had craftsmanschoice.com since 2001, which again is one more thing that, you know, Google loves or old websites and, you know, just kind of piddled along for, you know, uh, probably the next 10 years, 15 years, it was there and we redesigned it once in a while, but then we got into the design part of it and really showing before and afters and pictures. And, and two years ago, uh, we met a guy, um, 
Phil out of Kansas City, and he's I mean, he's fantastic, and and he's really helped us just totally transform everything to to the point where some of the colors you search James Hardy's colors, and we come up. Uh, before they do nationally so he's really <laughs> he's really got it locked down and and you know he's kind of like me he wants to just always be killing it you know everybody you, you, you stay complacent in this business and somebody's going to catch up so you always got to be looking for that next thing to stay ahead and and you know phil helps us do that As, so are you passionate about that like it, it sounds like some of these ideas come from you whether it be the woodpecker or the rollerblading like is that you is that your creativity or a little bit at that time it was matt and i you know we kind of played off as played off we did a lot, a lot of ice fishing in the winter and so we'd come up with these crazy ideas and i mean our our name was actually born in the uh uh in the fish house so uh we uh we did, we come up with these crazy ideas and we just go do them. Like we didn't have anything to lose. It's either that or, you know, uh, or cut up siding samples. So we'd go do these goofy marketing things and, um, you know, but trying to stay ahead and, and really trying to get into the, uh, heads of our potential clients that that's changed through, through the years. Um, and I guess who you're, who, what kind of products you're selling with James Hardy, you know, the, the, the ladies are really driving this, uh, this project, or at least they're starting it. You know, they know there's a need there they want to change. Um, you know, if you can get the, get the, their eyes on some of the design pieces that they're concerned about, James Hardy ticks all the boxes for the guys, you know, am I going to have to paint it? Uh, you know, is it going to stand up to hail, you know, like at maintenance, you know, they they want to know how durable it is and then you know you pick out the colors uh that's kind of how it goes but really they the the ladies start the project process that is absolutely my number one goal with my next house purchase which will be my last house purchase um i want it to be zero maintenance yeah so like trex decking hardy plank side everything will be maintenance free because some point i'm going to get older and i ain't moving anymore so uh yeah uh, they have to hit you up for who the hardy guy is in colorado that's right uh, that's where we're uh planning to uh, finish up we're going to be moving there next summer it looks like cool. excited about that um ben it's been great man it's been yeah. a really good interview i was like hey sandy guy how, how fun mm -hmm. is this gonna be no it's been great it's yeah. been really good uh, a lot in common for those of people that are listening and go ice fishing what is he talking about ice shag uh, yes they drive like, like they don't just walk out they drive big huge pickup trucks out onto the ice park them there cut a big hole through the water and stick fishing lines down through it and catch fish which is the wildest weirdest thing like a guy from texas i moved up there and they played every joke you could imagine hey make sure you roll your windows down whenever just in case we go through and all that stuff uh, bonfires on the lake, which mm -hmm. I was like, why are you starting a fire? <laughs> that seems wrong. And then they said, no, no, it's just a little fire right now. We're going to make it a really big fire. And <laughs> this seems crazy. And it might melt off an inch or so of uh, ice, but uh, yeah, it's all sound and good. Yeah, a lot of times there's there's three feet of ice, so it's it's, it's just nuts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's pretty <laughs> wild. Uh, ben, it's been a great time. Um, if you were going to give one piece of advice, go back 25 years ago, what one thing would you have done differently uh, when you were starting out? Differently, I think we would have, 
identified what that repeatable process looks like earlier in our our company. I mean, we we kind of knew it, but we didn't have it written down. We didn't have it uh, in a format that we could track uh, on every job. You know, what do we want to have happen on every job? How do we get there? That would have saved a lot of headaches on things that were for you know we we didn't necessarily do on each project um, and shorten the timeline of the job, which helps out the customer experience, which leads to more referrals and, and, and better business. So that, I think that would be, you know, get there, get there sooner. What do you want to have to happen on every job? How do you track it and, and make that happen? Awesome advice. Sounds very similar to one of our coaching calls. <laughs> Let's yeah. get that nailed first. If we can make yep. it repeatable, then we can make it measurable. Right. Uh, really sound advice. You guys that are out there, young contractors, you are, looking to grow your business, you're looking to just start a business, uh, that might be the most sound piece of advice I've ever heard given on our show <laughs> is start with process. So uh, great job, Ben. Thanks for being on the show. If you'll hang out for just a couple seconds, I'm going to close the show and uh, we'll talk for a couple of minutes. Sounds great. Hey, thanks for being on. Really appreciate it. No problem. Hey, everybody. That was Ben Yonker from Craftsman's Choice. Um, a couple of th key things there. Uh, one of the, like the undertone of all that was just this persistence, not just persistence to keep on doing the work, but to keep on working on the business, not just in it every day. Uh, that to me was, would have been my biggest takeaway is when you got nothing better to do, keep working. Uh, and if it's not like you can go sell a job because it's 30 below, cut up some siding pieces, make a new flyer, work on your marketing. Those things all pay off in the long run. And that consistency done over and over and over again uh, tends to lead to the most successful folks that we see out there. So uh, don't get complacent and keep on paddling. Thanks for hanging out with us here at Contractor Radio. If you're looking to get some control of your business through processes and you want to grow your business and get that personal financial freedom, that's what we do here at Contractor Coach Pro. Uh, check us out in the links below or go to contractorcoachpro.com. Click on book a call. Hang out with us. We'll do some free coaching with you. If you like coaching and you want to work with us, great. If not, we will have helped you out that day and served you well, which is our goal in this industry is to impact it in a way where we create professionals and change the perception of the consumer out there. We'll see you in our next episode of Contractor Radio. Paynet podcasts are produced by the Painting Contractors Association and are made possible by members and industry partners. To find out more about upcoming education opportunities or for more information about joining PCA, visit PCAPainted.org.